Hello, and welcome to Women in Strength. This is the podcast that goes far beyond what they teach us in Cert 3 and 4. My name is Rasheen Hawley, and I'm going to be spending this time with you every single week, jumping into the real-life challenges, the real-life topics that we face as a coach, as a business owner, and as a woman running her own business in the fitness industry. I've been in the industry since 2013, where I started out as a sole trader in a commercial space, and now I own my own gym here in Melbourne called Barbell Babes Brigade. I absolutely love being in this industry and I love educating and exploring the things that come up on a daily basis. I love to help other ladies really explore their capabilities as a business owner, as a coach and seeing what they can do. Because the thing is, when we create businesses as women, we are unrivaled. We have a power that is so untouchable and I really, really want to explore these topics that quite frankly can stop us in our tracks sometimes. So strap in, we've got lots of stuff to cover. Hello and welcome to episode number 54. Now, today's episode, it is titled Non-Compliant Clients. What the heck? What can I be doing, right? So if you're a coach, which you likely are if you listen to this podcast, um, you probably would have had a client that has been non-compliant before and you know, you might be have to take a breath and be like, bit of a, bit of a, uh, because we've all kind of been here and it can be really frustrating. And sometimes we don't know what to do when clients are non-compliant or where they're in a position where they're also not getting results. But we know that's because they're not being compliant or not engaging with the stuff that we've asked them to do that we know is going to help them get towards their results. So I just wanted to open up this conversation about non-compliancy. What can we be doing more of? What can we be maybe putting to rest? Um, And addressing how it makes us feel as a coach, because I think that this is a big thing that drives coaches feeling like they're not good enough. Okay. So non-compliant clients. Um, When I think about non-compliancy, I think about that first and foremost as clients that have the ability to be following through with some of the things that you've asked them to do as a coach, but they're like straight up not doing it. So that's what I like. That's where my head genuinely go generally goes to when I think about non-compliancy, as opposed to another subset of clients where. They might hear you, but because of their own struggles, because of the the work that they're trying to do in their health and fitness, because of, you know, like literally behaviors that they're struggling with, that it's not necessarily for a lack of trying, but they're being non-compliant because they just genuinely struggle. So I just wanted to get that across is that I do definitely think that when we think about non-compliancy, there's kind of like two aspects. There's the ones that will like max out their fucking deadlift off program. And then there's the ones that will genuinely still try, but because of their struggles, they're they're finding it hard to execute. And it's not like they're, you know, going ahead and doing an ego lift for the gram, but they just, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, they can't follow through with what you're asking from them because of these struggles that they're facing. So when we've got the first kind of, uh, first kind of like basket of clients, the ones that fucking max out off program, like straight up, I have not had that many clients like that, but I've definitely had clients like this before. And I'm like, stick you in the fucking bin. I can't be asked with it. However, if I get a client that goes off program um, and were to do something like that, so, you know, let's just say that you've laid out 
a, a comp strategy for them. You've got 16 weeks until competition and they're aware of the macro plan for the next 16 weeks. They are aware of the phases that are going to be coming up and the focus of each training block. And let's just say they start to do singles and they're like, you know what, should be popping and feels really, really nice. And I'm just going to like do this single and go to my PB, even though it's not the weight that is prescribed or it's overshooting on the RPE. I think there's something that needs to be addressed here is that you might not have been clear about your expectations and like, yeah, like your what, what you expect for you both to bring to the relationship of coach and client. I think sometimes when clients do go off program like that, there is not necessarily a lack of trust, but there might be a lack of misunderstanding. There might be a lack of mutual respect. There might be a lack of like fully gauging what the strategy is with your programming and with your macro plan. And there also might be like a misunderstanding of what you expect from them and what they can expect from you. So I think there might be some communication things that have broken down for them to think that that's kind of okay. Although, you know, you might be a coach that has that leniency or has that, that ethos that you want to give that client that, you know, that ability, that autonomous nature to go and do something like that. Um, so it's completely up to you with your, your coaching style. However, you know, we all know the clients that will go and fucking max out something and you're like, honestly, why the fuck? Because they feel shit the next couple of days, um, or they might've missed their lift and then they start to go into this mental fucking breakdown and you're like, don't want to say it, but I fucking told you so. And sometimes again, clients like, sometimes clients need to go through something like that to learn a lesson, but if they're doing it and it happens more than once, or even just one time, maybe it's that you haven't been clear on your communication around why you're doing these things and what needs to be done from there. If it fucking keeps happening ongoing and you've done everything that you can as a coach to be very clear on why your programming is the way that it is, what you expect from them and what, you're, what you're, you're going to bring to the table and you what you want them to bring to the table and they just keep fucking doing it, fucking sack them. Like I just cannot be asked dealing with shit like that. My job, you give me money to you know, plan your, plan your training block. You give me money to have a perspective that you don't necessarily see. Um, you pay me money and we invest time together because it's not just fucking about money. It's also time for me. I'm investing my life on a, you know, a six till 7 PM time slot. I'm investing that in you that I want to go ahead and have that fucking mutual respect of you respecting and understanding what I'm doing with my program. And if they don't, if they need to ask questions, and absolutely, let's have that conversation. But if it constantly happens, I'm out, mate. I am out. Um, because they're just not, you know, they're not engaging with your services in the way that it's intended, although your best efforts have done everything that you can to get there. So there's those type of clients. Um, and so when I think about non-compliant non-compliant clients can I do more in that type of basket yes there's definitely things that you can do more because they might have had a coach like that before they might have they might think that that's going to help them get towards their goals they might have had really good like results doing something like that in the past but if that's something that doesn't sit well with you as a coach um, the things that you can be doing is one having a conversation and getting on the same page um, there's more things that you can be doing is that you could be building certain things into their programs. So if they might be someone like that, you might build an AMRAP set in and give them the chance to go balls to walls within like some sort of fucking structure. You might build it into an RPE based model where you give them a top set at nine and they have the ability to go and do something like that. So the, the back down sets of RPE eight and seven, you can then therefore manage their fatigue coming out of that. So I think sometimes like, Coaches can be like, no, I want you to follow everything like this. 
and and not recognizing that the nature of that client, they actually might want to push it a little bit more or they might want to have that autonomous nature to, you know, have the ability to do that. So you might need to meet them halfway and give them a little bit of leeway, if that makes sense. So for example, like for me as a lifter, um, I have a coach in America currently and um, I'm very much following an RP-based style programming. However, for me, I don't like following full RPE. I like to have some sort of ranges. I like to understand what I did last week. I like to then go, okay, cool. Um, if I need to get to a, if I want to get to a 170 deadlift, theoretically, I might be opening at once, you know, 155, 160. So I theoretically want to be doing about two by twos at 160, 155. So I use percentage based RPE, um, auto regulation. I use lots of different things within my training and I like to have the ability to make my own decisions, even though I have a coach. But again, like I'm employing a coach, so I'm not just going to go, this is my program, this is my RPE, don't and don't fucking look at it and do everything that I want to do. I'm like, I'm paying this person money to help me um, stay on track, have accountability basically. And so the programming that I've got allows me to have that little bit of freedom and to bring thoughts and, you know, thoughts to the table around where I want to go. So there's things that can be done there to get the best out of the lifter. And as we've worked together, my coach has understood that that's what I want to do and encourages that. Um, And I also understand that I am employing that person for these services. So I'm still going to take what is needed. If a 5% load drop is needed on a back off, I'm going to do that as well. Okay. So that's what you can be doing is opening up conversations getting on the same page with what you both expect out of the relationship and giving some more education around why you're doing it, what it looks like, what they can expect. And that can also provide like something autonomous for lifters and some confidence in what's going on. So you can do stuff there. Um, But again, if those efforts don't fucking work, then stick them in the bin. Um, Now on the other side, Non-compliant clients. I wanted to talk about this because I think sometimes coaches get really pissed off when clients are non-compliant and they take it as like, what's the word? Like if a client doesn't do something and they've done something complete opposite, they go, oh, they're not respecting me. They're not doing what I'm asking. And it might actually be that they can't do what you're asking or they don't feel comfortable doing what you're asking or it might raise some issues with their current struggles. It might trigger something. Um, it might make them feel uncomfortable. And I think it's important to have the ability or like the, I guess like the awareness to recognize if it's non-compliancy for being a fucking dickhead or if it's non-compliancy because it's triggering or making them uncomfortable or like, yeah, like not serving them in that particular way. And they're not doing it out of a state of like going against you. They're doing it because it just is too much for them. So what I mean by that is first example that's coming to my head is someone that doesn't send through videos. Um, I've heard this before of coaches, you know, they've got clients, they train their client once per week and they expect their client to go ahead and uh, video their squats on their phone and then go ahead and send two to three sets to their coach out of session so that the coach can have a look at it. And sometimes coaches will say, well, fuck, I can't, I can't fucking do anything because they're not sending me videos of their lifts. And therefore, I don't know where they're at for the next week and get really pissy about it. And I'm just like, the lens that I bring to them is I'm like, hey, man, like, do you actually think they're trying to be an asshole and they're trying to go against you and they're trying to like make your life difficult? Let's like, let's open up something else. What if they feel like a fucking dickhead to put their phone 
you know, on the ground next to a drink bottle or bring a fucking tripod to the gym and feel self-conscious. Have we thought about that? And sometimes even just bringing that up, coaches are like, oh, no, I didn't even think about that. Because I know that when I first got into the industry um, as like a consumer, so someone that trains, like videoing your lifts was not a thing, right? Like 2000, fucking early 2000, um, 2010, we weren't, we weren't filming our lifts um, to put them up on the gram to send them to our coaches. You see your coach, you have your program, you see what you can do the next week and that, that was it. And I know that if I were to have to film my squats when I was first getting into it, I would have felt so uncomfortable, you know, someone looking at me being like, who's this bitch think she is like squatting 40 kilos on her back? Why is she taking a video of herself? Like, is it, is she showing off? Is it for the gram? But really the video would be for the coach. So you just, you've got to put yourselves back in their shoes because although, you know, you, you sometimes like detach yourself from when you got into the industry. Like for me now, videoing um, like a set in my gym is fine, obviously, because it's my gym, but I have not trained at another gym for God, like three years now. And I remember one time when I changed it, trained at a gym like three years ago, I actually felt fucking uncomfortable. And I'd been in the industry for many years before that, but everything was out of place. Like there was dickheads already coming to give me advice. Like, I don't want to, I was just out of my element. So that's what they might feel as well. And we have to recognize that although we feel confident as a coach in the health and fitness space, our clients don't necessarily feel like that. Um, and that's one thing, that's one thing to think about is are they being compliant because they're being an asshat, or are they being non-compliant because they just can't, they just can't do it. Another thing might be, let's just talk about eating, right? If you've got a client that, um, you have some targets or you have some sort of like loose nutrition advice to eat X, Y, Z, vegetables, water intake, protein targets, right? Very simple stuff. And you might find that, a client is not checking in with you or has checked in for uh, four days and then it comes to a Friday, Saturday that they are very scattered with the communication and then they you know, don't fill in any forms or check-ins that you might have or have communication about it. And you as the coach might be like, oh, fuck, this is so frustrating. It's always happening. You need to stop and think, is there something else going on? Have they had a dicky meal on a Friday that's really throwing them off? And they've gone into a spiral of like overconsuming, um, of binge eating, of, you know, going into the state where they're beating themselves up about it. And they just don't even want to bring it up with you because they know you're going to ask fucking X, Y, Z questions because that's your job as a coach. And like you head in like head first, like a bull in a china shop going, what, oh, what happened? Like, are you okay? Why did you go off target? Or like, you know, what'd you do in the weekend? They're like, oh my God, 21 questions. So sometimes it's easier to just disengage and that might come off as non-compliancy, but they're just trying to get away from fucking all of your questions that you've got as a coach. So non-compliancy is not always about being ego driven or like not listening to you as a coach. Non-compliancy can be because they're struggling and they're really finding it hard to execute those things that are on their health and fitness journey plan, whatever you guys are working on together as a coach, and what you can then be doing more and what you can be doing as a coach is addressing why some of that stuff's not happening, as opposed to fucking setting more targets around water and vegetable intake, which I see happen all the time. Oh, okay, you're not eating X, Y, Z, or oh, okay, you know, we can see that you likely 
you know, need to fucking fuel, um, hydrate yourself better. Let's have a look at a, a water or whatever it might be. And then they don't do it and then you set it again and nothing's going to change, nothing's going to work. How about you have a conversation around what's going on? Like, you know, how's your week been? Tell me about work. Like, how are you actually feeling? How's your energy been this week? That might actually open up better conversation that's then going to give you um, some some actual shit to go from around how your client is a feeling as opposed to going XYZ has your target go ahead and execute it and when they don't execute it ugh, they're non-compliant so we have to remember that the clients we work with are human beings right they're not just muscle groups they're not just robots that follow through with every task we ask them to do every set we ask them to do every weight we prescribe on a program every RPE we give them to, to work towards they ain't gonna do that they're going to be influenced by energy from their day, from the last five minutes of being in the office, the snarky comment that was said by their boyfriend because they're having a bickering fight, whatever. And sometimes you don't know these things, okay? And sometimes you do, but sometimes you just have no idea what their last eight hours has been and they're coming up to see you in a session. So I just want you to think about that when you're thinking about your non-compliant client. What can I be doing more? We talked about the basket of going for it and going off program and all that kind of stuff. But we've also talked about this basket of opportunity as a coach. So if it's non-compliancy because of their struggle, there are opportunities there for you as the coach to be helping that client move through some of these habit changes, these mindset conversations, this internal dialogue, this shared conversation that's built on like rapport and trust and like genuine respect for each other as opposed to like being the coach that's going and that's firing questions of xyz and that's take you know that's like scaring your client and making them retreat because you're going too hard too fast and I know there's so many coaches that do that I definitely did that for you know a while when I go into the industry is going I'm just going to throw questions at them and, and hope they answer it and expect them to answer it it's like going and patting a dog right like you go in and you're like, oh my God, it's a dog, it's a puppy, it's so cute, I'm going to pat it. And then the dog's like, eh, what the fuck? And then like retreats, right? Or like a baby. So you've just got to go in, like put your hand out, let them sniff it, let them come to the party that, okay, it's okay for me to allow you to pat you. And it's the same with clients, like don't go in full guns blazing, expect them to answer every question and do everything without understanding that our clients are not coaches necessarily. Of course they might be. Um, but at the same time, even if your clients are coaches and work in the industry, they're still human beings. So go in with the lens of inquiry, of curiosity, of genuine respect for someone's life and make that your focal point of why non-compliancy might be happening. And then that's where you're going to spend your efforts around coaching, not just hard coaching, not just technique, programming, nutrition, if that's your thing as well. It's inquiry. It's making them feel comfortable. It's coaching around mindset it's coaching around habits it's just having a, a human lens around coaching our clients are not just muscle groups movement patterns they are beautiful crazy chaotic emotional up and down people just as you are as well okay so I hope I hope that gave you something to think about um because non-compliant clients I I mean apart from the ones that fucking max out the deadlifts <laughs> Um, yeah, nah, not, not unsubscribe me from that, but I actually think 
non-compliant clients in the other sense of, of struggle and, and needing help and opportunity, I I get excited by that because I'm like, that's me. That's for me as a coach to step in and help facilitate something here or not even help facilitate, maybe just share and listen and, and hold space for someone. So I hope that's given you that lens to, to build from. And the last point that I'm going to leave you with is stay away with going, you know, all guns blazing into all of these questions. I fucking hate it when I get coached of like X, Y, Z questions. Um, if my coach were to be like, why is this happening? What's going on? How are you feeling? I'd be like, eh, it's too much. Go away. So I want you to think about that too. Okay. All right, guys. Well, I will speak to you next week. Bye. I hope you liked listening to that episode as much as I liked recording that one. Now, I just wanted to drop in and let you know that I actually have some new things happening in my world as a business mentor. Um, I am going to be releasing some short workshops coming up um, and they are going to be workshops on topics that keep coming up for coaches and the topics that are coming up are going to be released very soon, but we're talking about things like dealing with the mental mindfuckery of being in the career and how I can actually make this work for me long term. Um, also looking at foundations of a thriving business from year one to year eight. So these are really exciting for me. I'm so keen. I've been wanting to do these for a while, actually. So what you can do if you are interested in signing up and getting more information, um, you can head to www.womaninstrength.com.au. If you head to the services tab at the bottom, it'll say workshops. There's not much on there just yet, just a link for you to register interest. And then when more details come out, I'll be sending you all the information. So head to that one if you're looking for some short workshops as well. And these are going to be like in your face, such valuable content. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited and I hope to see you guys registering as well. All right, guys. Bye.